0: Okay, so let's jump in. We better pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you, Father, for these men. And as we jump in this morning, Father, lead us by the power of your Spirit. Father, it's in your Spirit that we find our strength and that we find your will and your knowledge, your wisdom, Father. And that's the wisdom we need, not the wisdom of man, but the wisdom of you, Lord. So show us and teach us this morning as men of God. God. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week we jumped in here and we talked about the balanced life. I shared with you a story about my dad about the, the one time a year he would go to bank, go to the bank to get a loan. As a farmer, that's what they do. And they get their annual loan and he would always put on a suit and tie. And I would always ask him, Dad, why do you wear a suit and tie to go see the banker? And he gave me the same answer year after year. He said, When you need money, you don't want to look like it. All right. So he would go and, and get his loan and that's that's who he was. And and so we're talking about the balanced life here because because one of the things that we've got to talk about and we've got to realize and have a recognition of is to have a balanced life, we need to look into our finances. Now, this is not a message about getting you to give at the church, man. If it were, I would be clear, that's a clear objective. We're going to talk about a clear objective today. But what it is, it's about, hey, God wants us to honor him with all that we are, all that we have, and all that we will become in our lives. That's stewarding things. I said Sunday that we really don't own anything. Life is a gift to us, and we are simply stewards thereof. It's amazing to me how many people run around and say, this is my life, I'll live it how I want. Well, you didn't create you. I I just hate to break it to you, but it's really not your life. You were created in God's image for his glory. So what we're talking about here today in the balanced life is talking about our lives are created for his glory, and we should have a clear objective with our lives about how well we are stewarding it. So last week I said, hey, you need to spy on your finances a little bit. Take a look at them. See where your money's going. I told you a couple of stories in my own life about having accountability partners, about uh, having uh, people go through my checkbook, and men, we, we used to set our table, our checkbooks on the tables. and and how the men would look at one another's checkbooks just to make sure that we were honoring ourselves, honoring, uh, most importantly, the Lord, honoring our families, that type of thing, that that in reality we're just stewards of the finances that that God has given us, just like we're stewards of our lives. I talked about the laws of balance. I said the first one was what? We don't remember, because it was last week. The laws of balance, there are three laws of balance in order for balance to happen. If I stand on one foot like this, all right, the first one is I need a reference point. Those, those of you who are policemen or ha- are in law enforcement, you know, when someone's been drinking, what do you have them do? Walk the line, right? Show, show how they come out. Stand on one foot. And then what you do is you mess up their reference point. When they're standing on one foot what do they have them do you guys have never been arrested y'all just a bunch of goody goodies there thanks Hottie. yeah 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 you got it you got to do this you got to bring your finger over and touch your nose why do they do that what they're doing is they're trying to throw you off your reference point if i have a reference point that's out here and look this is easy but then you change that well it's not easy for me. then you change it and come this way you're changing your reference point it's coming in And now we're going to find out if you might be inebriated or not, right? And so you need that reference point. The first law of balance is a reference point. The second law of balance is this, constant correction. There's constant correction going on. If you're balancing on one foot, what are my arms doing? They're changing. They're constantly correcting. So in a balanced life, we're going to be constantly correcting some things, some behaviors, some things in our lives that uh, keep us in balance the third thing and this is where I'm going to go today is having a clear objective all right having a clear objective in in anything that that balance there's an objective for that that's got to be clear whether it's balancing a, a pole in your hand you have a clear objective of constant correction and that type of thing but you know that this is what you want to do. This is where you need to wind up. Having a clear objective, we say it sometimes like this, what gets your attention gets your direction and eventually will get your destination. That's having a clear objective. So, as we jump in this today, if you had to sum up your financial objective or your goal in one statement, let me ask you men, what would it be? Some of us would say, well, we need more money. Have you ever said that? I have. Well, let me ask you this question. How much would it take? It's never enough. <laughs> I, like, I like that. Thanks, Bobby. Because the, the truth is, is that we'll ask ourselves, or we'll demand so much more. I had a young man one time that uh, I actually was going out to a farm, and, and I knew this young man. And he, he came off the farm, and I pulled him over, and I was going out to see the farmer. And I knew this was his hand. And uh, anyway he gets out and he has his saddle in the back of his truck and, you know, he's mad and, of course, he knows me and he's throwing a fit there. And I said, well, what'd you do? He said, I just quit. And then I said, you just quit? What do you mean you just quit? You hadn't worked for him for two months. He said, he doesn't pay me enough. I said, well, did he tell you what he was going to pay you before you, you started working? He said, yeah. And he told me how much, and I'm going to tell you, it's more than he's worth. But anyway, <laughs> but he told me. And I said, and I said, uh, I said, okay, so you agreed to that two months ago, but you're worth more to that, more than that today. And he said, yes, I am. And I said, how much are you worth? And he just sat there and he just shook his head. I said, tell me how much you're worth. And he couldn't answer me. Men, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, if we really had to ask ourselves, what are we worth? Well, in Jesus' eyes, we were worth every ounce, every drop of blood. However... I will say that when we look at our lives financially, how much is really enough? I think this guy just wanted out of work personally, but anyway, that's me. I think he was he was required to work. That was part of the problem. But if you had to sum up your financial objective or your goal in one statement, what would it be? I think for for some of us, I, I've said many times, you know, I, I really would like to retire one day and people go, Why would you retire? You're a preacher. Preachers don't retire. Preachers live a life of poverty. You know, da 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 da. da. Well, it would be nice. Uh, to be able to preach the gospel around the world. That's what's on my mind and in my heart. But I don't know that that will happen if I, I might train people to preach the gospel around the world. We, we really don't know, but we, just, we, we, we really need a financial goal or objective. I'd like to be able to give more. John Wesley said it this way. He said, make all you can so that you can give all you can. As a matter of fact, he gave 90% away and lived on the 10% that he made, which was not much. So, what might an observer, an observer, an outside observer, if he were looking in or if she were looking into your finances, what might they, they say? they they probably say, hey, make all you can. And this is kind of how we, we tend to live our lives. Somebody looks into our life and they'll, they'll you know, as I tell my kids, hey, make all you can. You know, do, do what you can in this life. Steward it well. But look, making all you can, it won't make you balanced, happy, or content. We know some bankrupt people who have made millions I uh, years ago I can give you an example of a man who sold his company for 122 million dollars he was in our church at Wolfworth. Uh that's a lot but in the process uh, lost his his uh, wife and uh, uh, you know what's it worth to gain the world Jesus has something to say about that uh, some of us if an uh, you know some of us just simply say make all you can so you can do what spend all you can Thank you. Spend all you can. So that's my next one. Spend all you can. It's fun. I mean, get out there and spend it, right? But it's not balanced. It's not satisfying. There's an unending appetite to spending. There really is. Once you get started, it's hard to stop that. Some of you have wives and you know what I'm talking about. I'm not saying my wife does that. Actually, my wife is is very good uh, at spending. But anyway, save. Save all you can. Some of us live by this motto, to save all you can. Now, uh, people who save all they can wind up being hoarders, uh, oftentimes wind up being scrooges, and nobody benefits, nobody enjoys it, you know, until you die. (laughs) Then somebody gets it. But anyway, just saying. Those are basically three ways to look at your money. You can make all you can, you can spend all you can, or you can save all you can. And you may say, uh, well, is there a fourth? The fourth, I would say this, learn to be a person who can give all they can. See, to be financially free, I can't do everything I want to do. So what I've got to do is I've got to sit down and make some priorities. Jesus says it this, give, give, says it this way, give, and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Now, I I know, is that really talking about finances? Does that mean he's going to give me a ton of finances back? This is what it means. It means that how you steward things is how you'll be seen in God's eyes as far as giving you more. It's not always with finances. It's the law or the parable, if you will, of the seed, the sower, right? The law of return sometimes is what it's called. But, But we know that when we're faithful in the little, what happens? He can, he can trust us to be faithful with a lot. Now, it's not always talking about finances here. It's talking about life. It's talking about souls. It's talking about a lot of things in here. But God loves a cheerful what? Giver. Good. So, to understand the proper objective, you go for your personal finances. You need to know how God views your money, your stuff. The story of David and Solomon. If you know the story of David and Solomon. Solomon, here's Solomon. He's, he's, now, Solomon or here's David, David is extremely wealthy. He is the king of the kingdom. Yes, it's like I've said many times, his camels all had spinners. I mean, you knew when David was showing up because David had some bling on him. This is who he was. However, the Lord spoke to David, and he told David, he, because David said, hey, you know, I built my house, I built my, my beautiful stuff that I've got around here, but I've not built you anything, Lord. I want to build something where we can put the ark in there where your presence will always be. He wants to build, God, this temple. So what happens in that is God speaks to David and says, David, you can't build the temple. Why? He shed too much blood. That's, that's what he tells him. So God says to David, hey, uh, you're a man after my own heart, but you've shed a lot of blood. We're going to let your son build the temple. So David has to get everything ready. So 1 Chronicles 29, verse 10 is where I'm going to start, and we're going to move quickly Uh, through this david praised the lord in the presence of the whole assembly saying praise be to you lord the god of the father of israel from everlasting to everlasting yours lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours yours lord is the kingdom and so what david is saying is everything that people see that i have actually belongs to you it is to bring you glory power, majesty, splendor. He goes on to say, you are exalted as head over all. Everything comes from God. In your hands are strength and power to exalt, to give strength to all. Now our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. So he's saying, look, everything that I have, Came from you. So I'm simply just gonna give it back. See, this is interesting because David was sitting in his fine house. He realized that God dwelt in a tent, so he decided to build this this big temple. Now, David decided to get it designed and begin to raise the funds. Now watch how much he brings in. He gave out of the treasury first, all right? Then from his personal wealth, not a percentage. We tend to say this tithe and 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 i will tell you that tithe is a great clear objective i believe that's why god gave us the tithe to give because it's very easy tithe simply means 10 percent, and so what that does is it gives us a clear objective to say hey god first and then i have a i'll tell you this is just my personal plan all right we're going to get into this more in the next couple weeks but uh, god first and then saving second and then me third that's just kind of how 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 we do it and have done it for years however however what David does here is he doesn't put a percentage on it he gave all he could with delight is what the scripture says he was very excited if you want to know how much he threw into the treasury uh 14 billion would be what it's worth today he was a little wealthy I know everybody can't do that just a couple of us But he threw a lot that way, right? Hundreds of pounds of gold and silver. Then he called all the leaders of major families and asked them to contribute. And the scripture says that they all gave wholeheartedly. So if everything belongs to, comes from, and is distributed by God, then our objective should be to honor God with everything, that we would manage all these things in order that all the things on earth would honor him and to remain balanced financially. We've got to learn that all that we have belongs to Him. This is the danger that we get into sometimes. Sometimes we have a lot of stuff, and sometimes the stuff has us. And, and that, that's, that's two different sides, uh, two different ways of living, honestly. Honoring God isn't just about giving. It includes giving and living. It's the whole thing. It's the whole tithe, if you will. Giving is part. Don't use that as an excuse, all right? Uh, sometimes we say i gave 10 percent. i can do whatever i want with the rest but we are to honor god with all that we have is what scripture says i mean think about it this way if i loaned you my truck right what percentage of my truck would i want you to take care of i've seen how some of you take care of your truck i'm I'm just saying when i was in the army i mean y'all know uh like vehicles were everything in the army uh, in the parking lot on Saturdays, if we were off, everybody watched their pickup. I used to wax, and I had rims on my pickup, and it was a Ford Ranger, but it was cool, all right, and man, I would clean those rims and just have, but if I loaned you that truck, what percentage would you take care of? What would be my expectation of you? Well, you cleaned out the passenger side. That's not enough. Let's think about it this way. When I took Wink Clark, I was hoping he was going, where's Wink Clark? Center. But anyway, when I took when I took Wink Clark's daughter to be my wife, and I promised to honor her, what percentage do you think he thought I was going to to offer to her? What percentage was enough? I'm gonna I'm gonna honor her with 50% of me. Oh, Wink, you're gonna love having me as a son-in-law. Come on, man. Right? It's not a percentage thing. It's it's an honor God thing with all that we have, all that. That he's given us to steward it well. It's all his. So I think I know what you're thinking. How? Uh, Give me a list. What's the minimum? This is how we normally live life. What's the minimum I can give and still get by? It's kind of like this. (coughs) The the one saved always saved. Uh, If I can just get in by the skin of my teeth. And I say this oftentimes, You don't have skin on your teeth. um, So don't use that one. Right? Uh, What's the minimum? What's the minimum? Have you ever asked God to show you the maximum? That's scary, isn't it? Because I I know I have, and I'm like, ah, Lord, that's, I don't know. I can tell you, uh, you know, at Woolworth, when we went into a capital campaign, uh, we had a prayer day, and everybody comes forward, and you pray over what you think you're supposed to give. And I remember thinking, man, uh, I don't think this number, it can't be from the Lord. It's way too much. We don't have that kind of money. We don't have that kind of finances. And I knelt down there at the altar and I wrote it down on a piece of paper. And then Allison, she was over there somewhere doing her prayer thing. And we come together and I said, what did you write down? She said, well, I don't think you're going to like what I wrote down. And I said, no, show me. And she had written down the same thing I had. (laughs) So I said, okay, I don't know how we're going to do this, but some way God's going to do it through us. We have to see where it comes and we have to see if we can manage and steward in that way. And sure enough, It's it's an incredible testimony. See, here's what happens when we ask God to show you how to honor him with everything we have, with everything that we make. This is what, you'll learn to give more. You'll learn to save more. You'll quit wasting so much. You'll think twice about entertainment options. You'll begin to cancel subscriptions. You won't leave, uh, or you will leave maybe more to your kids. You may have to downsize. You may have to upsize. Uh, I was thinking, Um, you know for us we're so blessed where we live we're having the youth over tomorrow night after the funeral services to have a powwow you know and i'm so grateful that we have a place that we can do that you know and talking about playing capture the flag and and just having a good time with them right but in reality we kind of needed to upsize to be able to host some of those things now uh we didn't do that god did that for us And uh, we may have to liquidate some collections, uh, put that money into circulation, lend more money out, uh, get out of debt, right? But this is what happens when we put God first and we begin to honor him with all that we have. Husbands won't be so stingy with their wives. You dishonor her by treating her like a child. Sometimes that dishonors God. And and I get it. Sometimes we have to speak to our wives about spending, especially if you're in a one-income household. I'm not. My wife is a, is a teacher, however, she teaches at a preschool, and so um, it, it might buy the groceries for us. But it helps, right? It helps. So we have to watch. We have to watch things closely. Ladies might find another way to spend free time than shopping when we start talking about giving in all that we can. But eventually, we'll learn to enjoy it all more. Ecclesiastes 5.18 says that God wants us to enjoy the fruit of our labor men uh, i believe that god wants i don't think god's against us having you know a a four-wheeler i've got a couple i don't believe god's opposed to us having things i believe the opposition possibly comes when we get prideful in the things that we have and accomplishments and bank accounts and those types of things where we no longer can see things through his lens but we're simply looking through our own and for our own benefits God wants us to enjoy the fruit of our labor. Some people have a hard time buying themselves anything because they feel guilty. They, they, they want to hide it. I don't believe that's what God wants for us. I believe what God is looking for us to do and looking for us to be is pure-hearted towards him and just have the ability at times. There's, there's, there's no greater feeling, really, when, when you have an opportunity to change the course in someone's life, whether it be through financial giving or giving of yourself, your efforts, your time your energy, in order to enhance his kingdom. So, what is your objective? And let me ask you this question. Is it clear? In your life, from this day forward, what is your objective? What are you supposed to do with your wealth? What do you think we're supposed to do? Should honor God what's our reference point, where is it going, I know these are a lot of questions, just stay with me, do you have the attitude that everything belongs to God, everything comes from God, it's distributed by God, so do you have the heart to honor him with it, you know there's an interesting story, and I'm going to end with this, and man I apologize, I'm going to slip out this morning, I've got a ton of of stuff to get done before eleven o'clock this morning, so I apologize to you, but uh, uh, I do my best work early in the mornings, and so I've got a funeral to write, and and so I'm going to end with this. But I want you to hear hear this. You know, back when the Crusades, actually, back long before the Crusades, uh, when Constantine, when Constantine uh, had his vision, back in the uh, fourth century third fourth century there and he has this vision uh constantine becomes a christian and he he uh determines that all of the roman soldiers in the roman empire at that time will become christian because of this vision that he's seen and so he he uh, of course meets with the priest and everything else but as the story goes he sent all of his soldiers out into the water to be baptized and they were baptized with one exception And the exception was their sword, because their sword was going to shed blood. They were not done conquering. In other words, don't baptize all of them, baptize most of them. You see, it's interesting. God can have most of us, just not all of us. And we tend to hold our wallets, our purses, little things that, that God surely wouldn't mind keeping his hands off and so some of us i think are baptized with our wallets out of the water you know with our finances out of the water because let's just be honest we're concerned about us but god loves his children and he'll direct us and we learn to hear his voice more clearly when he becomes our one objective in life amen father god i thank you for these men as we go through these questions lord lead us by the power of your spirit For it's in your name that we do these things. You call us to surrender. And you call us to say those words, thy will be done. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.